Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. My name is Kerry Murdoch, and welcome to E-Commerce Conversations by Practical E-Commerce. Our topic today is the use of video to boost e-commerce sales, and Justin Foster is here to help us understand it. Justin is the founder of Video Commerce Consortium, which is a community of e-commerce professionals who seek to understand and advance the use of video. He's a sought-after speaker on the topic, and we're pleased to have him join us today. Thank you so much, Kerry, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Tell us, what is the Video Commerce Consortium? Well, the Video Commerce Consortium is the world's largest and fastest growing group of e-commerce professionals, online marketers, and technologists that are dedicated to advancing the use of video in e-commerce. Uh, we have a board online, and we're at video-commerce.org. How do you join that? Can, it, can a merchant listening to this become a member of the Video Commerce Consortium? Yeah, basically to join, you just go to video-commerce.org, and there's a little video of me in the upper right-hand corner there with uh, some silly uh, fighter pilot headphones on. You just go ahead and click on that, and it'll take you to a registration form. There's no cost to join, and uh, we certainly hope that more merchants do join. Currently, we our membership is about 400 right now, and that includes roughly 250 out of the top 500 uh, Internet retailers in the Internet Retailer Top 500 list. Okay. Our listeners, of course, are e-commerce merchants, mainly smaller e-commerce merchants, Justin. How can, how can one of those listeners, how can a merchant know if it's worth the trouble to put video up on his e-commerce site? Well, this is actually a question that I get a lot of times, uh, very frequently, and I think there are a couple things that I would point to. Number one, I get a lot of questions for case studies, and there are certainly a lot of them that are out there. Uh, one of them I would say would be Shop NBC. So Shop NBC has videos on over 50% of all their product pages on their website, and the average conversion rate on those product pages is anywhere from 133 to 200% higher than on product pages where video is not featured. Uh, eBags is another example of an online retailer that tested video on product pages and found that uh, the list on the product pages where video was featured uh, went up anywhere from, you know, 38, 39% all the way up to over 100% on those pages. There are a variety of case studies that are like that. Uh, I actually just authored a white paper recently on how to build an effective video commerce strategy, and it really details kind of how it is that a merchant can get started with video. And I think one of the biggest things about video is that um, it's always been possible to spend a lot of money on video, but what is really driving video commerce forward now is the fact that Everyone is a producer, but when I say everyone, that means uh, consumers and it means retailers as well. 
we'll actually see a lot of merchants that are choosing to get started with video. They won't necessarily go out and um, spend a ton of money on professional quality production, you know, hiring actors, script writers, getting a you know really elaborate set. Um, but in fact, oftentimes it's just someone on staff that will bring in maybe a high-quality consumer uh, digital camcorder into the office. Uh, maybe there's a an open uh, room somewhere, uh, throw up a very basic set, and just start recording some, some basic videos to validate the business case that a video does actually create lift. You mentioned a white paper. Uh, that white paper is available for free, I know, on, on your website, video-commerce.org. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. And after this interview, I'll go put another blog post up there so that people can just download it in one link click. Okay, that's terrific. Uh, I was going to ask you about specific uh, return on investment examples or conversion examples. You just gave us some, and there are also some in the white paper. I know that you refer that we just referred to. I read through that white paper. Mm -hmm. uh, let's assume you're an e-commerce merchant and you sell, for example, cooking supplies. Okay. You're, you're a small business. You're a small operation. You need to do as much as this as you can. You don't have the budget to hire. As you alluded to, you don't have a budget to hire professionals. What would you, Justin, what would you personally do with that e-commerce uh, business that sells cooking supplies? How would you use video for that business? Well, that's actually a great question. Um, so first, I think it's uh, a, a merchant like that should look at video in two ways. Number one, there's video deployed on-site, and then there's getting video out through um, other distribution channels to drive traffic back to the retail site to uh, acquire new customers. Now, for video being deployed on-site, the rule of thumb that I always say is it costs the same amount of money to create a video that sells no products as it does to create a video that sells a million products. So the best practice is to apply uh, limited production resources to the products that are your best-selling products or your highest margin products first. So the first thing that I would do is I would look and I would uh, basically see how much revenue am I generating from each different product on my site or in case of creating a category video where we're trying to drive lists within a category, what is the best-selling category or the most profitable category on my site? And I would create my videos there first. Then I would look for opportunities to basically syndicate that video content out to sites like YouTube, out to Twitter, through social networks, through consumer blogs to drive incremental traffic back to the retail site uh, and, and not only uh, sort of tip the sale on the retail site but also get new people coming into the business. What's the content of the video? If you're selling cooking supplies, what is actually in the video? Well, it depends on the way you're using the video. So if we're talking about a video on a product page, uh, as I mentioned just a, a moment ago, video is best used to actually tip the sale. So uh, it, it tends to be promotional. Uh, promotion within the video tends to be a secondary element. The primary thing that the merchant wants to focus on is providing uh, information, uh, features and benefit information on the product. So maybe it's someone talking about this, uh, I don't know, this, I'm trying to think of a cooking supply. This blender has four different modes of operation, and it's got someone pressing the different buttons on it. Uh, but it's it's really designed for that person that's already read the product description. They've already seen the images of the product. They just need that extra little bit of uh, oomph to push the sale through. Um, 
there's no real right or wrong length for videos that are on product pages. Uh, I would say that less complicated products tend to do better with shorter videos. Um, more complex products or products that require a considered purchase. So if you're selling, say, for instance, a computer for 1000 or $2,000, video might be a little bit longer. Now, that's for video on your product pages. Now, for video that's off-site, like let's say you're trying to drive additional traffic to your retail site, uh, videos tend to be a little bit shorter, and the hook to drive traffic uh, from the video to your site, tend, uh, best practice is to include that hook early in the video content. So those videos will tend to be a little bit more promotional in nature, um, a little bit less uh, feature and benefit oriented, or sort of how do I use the product oriented, and more um, just trying to drive traffic to the retail site. Now if you place video on, say, a category page, this is a really great opportunity for a retailer to uh, build customer loyalty, competitive differentiation, and share uh, knowledge about the products the retailer sells. So this is an opportunity for a retailer to basically walk the shopper through um, some of the different maybe subcategories within that category, or to merchandise a hot selling uh, product within that category. Now one other thing I just want to add about uh, videos is that there are a lot of videos that are out there already that merchants can use that they don't necessarily have to produce themselves. And so uh, typically you'll see, uh, for instance, manufacturer-produced or supplier-produced videos on the product page um, or featured in off-site distribution channels or uh, perhaps on a brand page. And this is really attractive for merchants really of all sizes using you know, those types of videos because obviously you don't have the associated production costs. Um, you just want to make sure though that you're using the video in the appropriate spot. And you know, actually one thing that you know, I talk with people about a lot is that um, video is uh, an important part of the customer experience, but a merchant has to really be thinking about video's impact on the customer experience and whether or not it's positive or negative because depending on where the video is placed on the site, it can be either. So on the product page, typically uh, what I would recommend as a best practice is that uh, video actually be placed as a secondary element and that autoplay on the video is turned off. Otherwise it can uh, distract the shopper and in some cases can actually hurt sales. Now in the case of off-site channels, a retailer might want to measure a little bit more uh, carefully whether or not they want to have autoplay on or off because in that case what you're really trying to do is uh, get attention and sell um, sell the customer. How does a merchant, how does a smaller merchant stream that video? If they want to put a video in the example you just gave, if they want to put a video on their product pages or product page, how do they stream it? What are their options? Well, uh, there are a variety of options that are available. Um, if the if the if the e-commerce merchant has internal resources where those videos can be hosted, um, a lot of small merchants will do that. There are certainly large um, streaming providers that will provide um, you know streaming services. Some of them will have uh, edge caching, and some of them won't. Edge caching basically just meaning that content is distributed uh, across multiple different servers in different locations to speed um, the loading of the video on the retail site. Um, and then uh, I think the third option would be to work with a, a video commerce provider, uh, upload those videos to that provider, uh, and have the video streamed that way. Can you give us some actual names for listeners that are that are wondering? Can you give us some names of of some of those sources? 
Well, sure. Uh, I mean, there are companies such as Akamai, uh, Limelight, uh, Amazon S3, uh, companies such as uh, LiveClicker, uh, and there are others that are out there. Uh, Edgecast would be another one. Uh, there are a variety of different services that can be used to uh, stream videos. Okay. So a merchant can produce it himself. You said if they have a reasonably priced camcorder, I think is the term you use, they can produce the video himself. Is that correct? There's really very little that's, that's required. And I would say that, um, again, let's go back to the earlier comment. It's always been possible to spend a lot of money producing video. Um, but that mindset that it does have to cost a lot of money to produce video is um, actually really, uh, in my view, hurting video's adoption in the, in the online retail space in general. Because the truth is uh, it doesn't necessarily have to cost a lot uh, to produce those videos. Um, I think where you sort of run into um, – where there tend to be more issues are when you talk about sort of uh, maintaining a brand consistency. So if you were to look at, say, for instance, like the, you know, the Banana Republics of the world, the William Sonomas of the world, those types of um, merchants um, have invested a lot in their brand and so want to uh, basically need for brand consistency sake to have a relatively higher quality production. But I would say that even very large merchants, and especially small merchants, um, don't necessarily need to invest a lot in the production of video. Now, it's certainly possible to do that. There are a ton of video production companies that are out there, and I'm certainly not suggesting that there are not big advantages of either building up an in-house production team or outsourcing video production to a professional that is going to do a really bang-up job. Um, there are a lot of advantages to that approach. But from my observation, where most people are in the market today is Maybe they have a couple videos. Maybe they don't have any video at all. And I just talk with a lot of people that sort of are interested in video. There's kind of a buzz around using online video. But really people are looking to validate the business case. People want to see, is video actually going to increase my conversion rates? Is it going to help me drive more sales? Is it going to help me acquire more customers? Those are the types of questions that people are asking. So my recommendation for folks that are just looking to get started with video is, Try to do it as inexpensively as you can now just to prove the case. If the case works, then it may, might make more sense to invest more in professional quality production and those types of things. And certainly, we see some of the folks that are um, driving the most sales from online video have invested pretty substantially in those types of resources. You know, I would say for anyone that's really looking for an example, a retailer that is really doing uh, a great job with video, I would say take a look at shopnbc.tv or take a look at hsn.com. Now, of course, these companies don't have the same challenges that most merchants have, which is content, right? These guys are already shooting video for TV, and it's just a natural thing to port it right to the web. Um, but for those that don't have the luxury of content, try producing content on the cheap at first, see what it does, and take it from there. This has been an enlightening conversation, uh, certainly for me, Justin. Anything else on your mind for our listeners, e-commerce merchants? Uh, no, I would say, you know, it's not really expensive to produce video. It doesn't really have to be a huge deal. Uh, don't make it more complicated than it really is. 
um, look at video from all angles, look at it from on-site, and then look at video deployment off-site. And then uh, when starting out with video, start with the highest margin and best-selling products first because it costs the same amount to create a video that doesn't sell anything as it does to create a video that sells a lot. That makes sense. Well, for our listeners, the website again, Justin's website uh, for video commerce is video-commerce.org. And Justin Foster, the founder of Video Commerce Consortium, we want to thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you so much, Kerry. Have a great day. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.